Hi girls, hope you're all well. So we're looking at page 11 in the sequencing series notes um, and we're moving on to questions now that are starting to get tricky. Um, they're going to start mixing in the SN formula with the TN formula. So you need to be very clear um, in identifying what they've given you and what formulas you have for each of the SN and the TN for arithmetic sequences. So if we look at example four on page 11, an arithmetic sequence is defined by SN equals 4N squared minus 3N. Um, now, from looking at that, you can see it's a quadratic. Um, and a quadratic is not an arithmetic sequence, but it's not TN. It's not finding a term number in the sequence. It's the formula for SN, the sum of the series. So that's why it is you are allowed to have a, a quadratic written like that. It's giving you the series formula. It then says find TN. Um, and what we're going to use is actually the note on page 10 that T1 is equal to S1, T2 is equal to S2 minus S1, T3 is equal to S3 minus S2, um, and dot, 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 in general, that we know that Tn is equal to Sn minus Sn minus 1. So we're using that fact. So if I know that T1 is equal to S1, well, I'm just going to sub in S1. So replace n with 1. S1 is equal to 1 and you can see to the right hand side I've written down T1 is equal to 1. Find the sum of 2 of the series. So S2 equals, sub it in and my answer is 10. Now S2 means that it's term 1 plus term 2. But if term 1 is 1, well then that means term 2 must be 9. So I've written that out on the right-hand side. So we've got T1 um, is equal to 1 plus T2 is equal to 9. That's equal to 10, which we just found. So as a result of that, we were able to figure out what T1 and T2 were. Looking at that then, because it's arithmetic, we don't need to find any more because it's after telling me it's arithmetic. I don't have to prove it's arithmetic told me. The difference is 8. The start term is 1. So we've got A is equal to 1, D is equal to 8. It wants you to find TN. So you write down the formula for TN and sub it in. So when we sub it in, then we've got TN is equal to 8N minus 7. So um, it is a short question, but it is tricky. You do have to recognize that the formula they've given you is SN. And they've, they're asking you for TN. It's all about using the formulas in your log tables, right? And understanding the note on page 10 that the sum of one of the series is equal to TN. The sum of two minus the sum of one is equal to T2. And we use that idea to solve. So that's example four. Example five. A shop assistant is arranging a, a triangular display of tins. So as to have one tin on top, uh, on the top row, two on the second, three on the third, and so on. If there are 100 tins altogether, how many rows can be completed and how many tins will be left over? So instead of basically using trial and error, you're trying to create a pyramid of tins. Um... But for you, what I mean by trial and error is that you start off with a base of just, say, 
10 and then you realize you haven't used all the tins or there could have been another uh, number of tins used. So we will actually use um, arithmetic series for this because it is a series because it starts off the top row is one. The second row is two. The third row is three. So the difference between them you can see is one. So we've got 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus dot dot dot. Um, we don't know when it's going to end, so we've just put dot dot dot. From that, we can read that A is the start term is 1. So we're actually our start term is the top of the pyramid. D, the difference is 1. And we know that SN can equal 100. That's the max number it can be, 100, because that's how many tins you have. So based on the information we have, then we can use the formula for SN because we're look we're trying to add up all of the tins to see how many we we can possibly use. What's the maximum number we can use? So we're using this uh this series um formula, the sum of all of the sequence. Sub it in then. So we don't know what N is. That's what we're after. We're trying to figure out what N is. So we can sub in for AD and we can sub in for the whole answer. SN is equal to 100. Um, when we sub it in and use our algebra to multiply it out. So you can see there N over 2 is a fraction, but it's multiplying everything on the left hand side. So you can bring the 2 over and multiply 100. So that's where that's after coming from. 200. Multiplying it out, then we end up with um, n times n plus 1. Um, that leaves us with the quadratic, and it won't work out evenly when we try to solve it using our uh, trial and error brackets. So we use the minus b formula for it. And when we use the minus b formula, n works out to be approximately 13.65, or n works out to be approximately 14.65. Now, the problem with the decimals is that in sequence and series, the N is always an element of N. So it's always a natural number, meaning it can't be decimals and it can't be negative numbers. Natural numbers are your counting numbers starting from one, two, three, four and all the way up. So we have to think of the context of the question. And because the n is approximately equal to minus 14.65, it is not that one. So I can disregard that. And I'm going to say n is equal to 13. Now, if you're looking at that, you're thinking, why isn't it 14? Because if you, it's 0.65, so you should round up. But the fact is that if I try and round it to 14, I've gone over 100 tins and I only have 100 tins. So I know because it's a decimal, I will have tins left over. So when I sub it in, S13, I sub it in, it's equal to 91. So that means in the triangular display I'm going to create, I'm going to use 91 tins. Um, so therefore I'm going to have 13 rows and nine tins left over. Okay, so the n equals 13 is the number of rows because if you look to the series at the top, t1 is row 1. The second one, t2 equals 2, is row 2. t3 is equal to 3, so it's row 3. So because n worked out to be 13, I know there's going to be 13 rows and the sum of 13 rows is equal to 91. 
I have 100, so 100 minus 91, there's nine tins left over. Now, if you want, you can test 14, but you'll see that 14 will go over um, the amount of tins that we actually have. So there you go. You have a real life problem there and you've applied your uh, sequence and series to it. Page 12 then. Um, so example six, and this is the last one we'll do today. Um, the terms of an arithmetic sequence are given by the formula Tn equals 38 minus 4n. Now you can see Tn it's given me the term number and the term number should be a linear equation from functions, remember? So it is a linear equation if the highest degree is one. So you can see four times n and if there's no degree, if there's no power, it's one. So it is a linear equation. So it is arithmetic. The first one is write out the first three terms of the sequence. So that's straightforward enough. You sub in T1 sub in T2, sub in T3, and you have your answers. So T1, that means N is equal to 1, you replace N with 1. T2, N is equal to 2, replace Tn with T2. So we've got 34, 30, 26. And from that, we're able to read what the first term is, the start term A equals 34, and we can read the difference, the difference is equal to minus 4. B. What is the first negative term of the sequence? Well, you have to think about this question and you think about what are negative numbers. So negative and when do they start appearing? So the negative numbers, bearing in mind that n is equal to natural numbers. Okay, the negative numbers are less than zero because the numbers less than zero are minus one, minus two, and also decimals as well. So you all of your negative numbers start at less than zero. So that's why I've written down Tn is less than zero. Because it's asked, what is the first negative term of the sequence? So I want to know where is Tn less than zero? So this is actually an inequality question. So you sub in for Tn. Tn from the very beginning is 38 minus 4n. And we can solve for that. n has to be greater than 9.5. And if you remember um, from the last one, n cannot be a decimal it has to be a natural number so therefore uh, it's the tenth term and we're going to check to make sure that's correct so if we go t10 sub it in we've got minus two uh, but if we used nine nine would not give us a negative number it would still be in the positive so if you're in doubt all you do is sub back in and you'll know which is which if you're in doubt c find the sum of the first 15 terms of the sequence. So find the sum. The sum is series. So, so write down the series equation. Um, writing down the series equation then, we know that A is equal to 34. And we know D is equal to minus 4. So all we do is sub in. Um, once we sub in, we have a formula for Sn. We manipulate it. We work it out. Don't mind the curly brackets, treat them as a normal brackets, they mean multiply um, when you have a number outside of it. And then all you do is if it wants the, the sum of the first 15 terms, you're looking for S15. So replace N with 15 and we've got 90. There you go. Uh, find the value for N for which the sum of the first 
end terms of the sequence is zero. Um, and that can happen because we did find, like if you look at D, it's minus four. So it is going to go into negative numbers. So if we're adding positive and negative numbers, there is a possibility that a series will equal zero. So all we're going to do then is find the value for n for the sum of the series, which is is zero. Is in maths is the equal sign. So we're saying Sn equals zero. Replace Sn with what we found in part C. So we've got minus 2n squared plus 36n equals zero. And remember, it, it, it is okay that that's a quadratic because that's not the formula for Tn, it's the formula for the series. Um, all we do then is use our algebra to solve it. So we'll divide across by two. Um, we end up with a quadratic, but it's not the usual quadratic. So we're going to factorize it another way. Use highest common factor, take out what's in common, n. And we've got n is equal to zero or n is equal to 18. You have to think in terms of the context of the question. So n is not equal to zero because look at the top. It says for n is equal to one, two, three, four, dot, dot, dot. So therefore n is equal to 18. So that's it. Um, they're a bit trickier today, um, but that's obviously bound to happen. We're moving through it. We're getting uh, deeper into the chapter. Um, I hope that makes sense. And I'll assign similar questions for you. OK, the key thing is that you're able to identify which formulas they're asking for, which formulas have they given you and also remind yourself of the note on page 10 that T1 is equal to S1. And you can also if they give you the series, you can find term one, term two, term three of the sequence using the general idea that Tn is equal to Sn minus Sn minus one. Okay, all the best. Hi girls. Um, so today we're looking at example three in the modulus notes. Um, and it's introducing our modulus graph, but also the inequalities that we were doing before. So we're trying to link the two. The question is to graph f of x. f of x is equal to the modulus of x plus two. In the domain, x is greater than or equal to minus eight and less than or equal to three. Now, all that means is the domain are your x values. They only want the graph plotted between the values of minus eight for x and three for x. They're the values that we're going to go between. And g of x is equal to four. And if you can remember from junior search, when you've got f of x, g of x, h of x, or y equals four, it's a horizontal line going through the value y equals four. So that's a straightforward graph to draw. So hence, solve the modulus of x plus two is less than four. Okay, so the first thing we need to do is plot the graph. Um, now, if you want, you can use uh, the formula um, we use uh, for a table. You could draw your table out and you could write in that x, the modulus of x plus two, y and use the all of the values minus eight minus seven minus six so on all the way down to three but because we know it's a linear modulus and we've graphed several of these already we're actually going to skip that part of the table to save time and we're going to try and find just three points to help us draw it and uh, we don't need to find every single point on the line because it's linear 
So the first one is the most important one. It's where does the f of x graph equal zero? So where does it hit the x-axis? Okay, um, to do that, all you do is you put the modulus of x plus 2 equal to 0. To drop the modulus signs, it's x plus 2 is equal to plus or minus 0. x is equal to minus 2. The other way to do it is actually by inspection. And you just look at it and you see, well, x plus 2, what value of x gives me 0? If I sub in minus 2, minus 2 plus 2 equals 0. I have it then that way too. So there's two ways. Now, this is the bit that people were getting a bit confused about um, over, the la over the past few classes. I've just did a sketch to the right-hand side of the coordinate minus 2 and 0. What we uh, have actually found is where it hits the x-axis. It's minus 2. So what I need to find then are points at either side of x equals minus 2. Because just say if I go for um, minus 8 and minus 7, because I know it's linear... Well, the problem is it's on the left-hand side of the graph and my graph is going to be reflected. So I still need, I need a point on the line coming down approaching minus two and I need a line that has been reflected and is moving away from minus two. So that's why I need to get points at either side. So if x is equal to minus two, the points I'm going to pick, it does not matter which ones I pick. Now I could have picked um, minus eight, I could have picked that because that's the domain, but I've stuck with what we were doing kind of all along, so not to confuse you. So we've got let x is equal to minus 3, because minus 3 is on one side of minus, the left-hand side of minus 2. Sub in x equals minus 3. You've got the modulus of minus 1, and modulus lines mean you take the positive. So your point then is minus 3, 1. I need the, a point on the right-hand side of x equals minus 2, so I've chosen minus 1. Now, again, I could have picked 3. Um, it doesn't matter which number you pick, but given that we've been given a domain, we can't go outside the domain. So pick any number in between minus 2 and 3. Um, sub it in, and we've got our second point. The next step is to graph it. Um, now, Lie, um, draw it out, sketch it out, and then plot your points. Now, since we have a domain, we are not going to go past x is equal to minus 8. So we're, that's why the graph stops at that point, And we're also not going to go past x is equal to 3. So the graph stops at that point as well. The blue graph is our modulus f of x graph. The red graph is our g of x, the horizontal line. So from our graph, then we can answer the question. The question was, where is the modulus of x plus 2 less than 4? Okay, um, which is the same as asking, where is f of x less than g of x? Um, now, I've dropped the lines down because um, we're looking for x values. So I've dropped the lines down from where the two graphs intersect. Um, there you can see it's minus 6 and 2. Where is the graph less than? So I'm looking for the uh, points that are below. So you can see there I've shaded in the rectangle actually that is representing the areas where f of x is less than uh, g of x. So where the blue line is less than the red line. And you can read it then. There is an overlap because they meet 
um, and we can write it as x is greater than minus 6 and x is less than 2. So that's from our graph, that's the hence bit. I also did it the algebra method just so we could revise our um, inequalities, our quadratic inequalities. So if we want to solve it using the algebra method, we've got the modulus of x plus 2 is less than 4. Because they're modulus lines and we've got an unknown value for x, uh, to make sure it's positive, you square it. So because I've squared the left-hand side, I have to square the right-hand side to balance the equation. Multiplying it out then, we're left with a quadratic. Um, and tidying it up, we're left with the quadratic x squared plus 4x minus 12 is less than 0. Now you can see there I've highlighted in red the square of the quadratic just to show it's a quadratic and the inequality sign. Because at this point now... Um, there should be an alarm bell going off and you should be thinking, oh, I have to graph this one for my solution. So if I need to graph this for my solution, I need to find the roots. So we're going to let, uh, let the function equal to zero to find its roots. The roots are uh, two and minus six. Um, now you notice that it's not a modulus um, graph because we've moved past that now and we're literally just trying to solve where is that function less than, where is the quadratic less than zero? Um, so it is going to be a quadratic, but that allows us to read the answer. So if we're looking then, we sketch it out. The question is, from the inequality sign, where is f of x less than zero? So that is essentially asking where are the y values less than zero and the y values are less than zero below the x-axis. So you can read it off then as x is greater than minus six or it's less than two. And that matches up with the hence and using our graphs. So that's it. That's how we do it. Um, again, these are just practice. They are the same questions kind of asked again and again it's just to get used to drawing the modulus graph um, and I think from looking at your work that you've submitted we're getting we're, we're getting much better at it so hopefully now this should make sense okay all the best